Welcome to The Last Draw, the art battle podcast where three creators battle it out each week in Procreate while discussing their favorite topics in comics, video games, and animation. This week's topic is... DC Comics. Oh, gross. Oh. Hey guys, welcome to The Last Draw. Hi. I am Asa Paints. I'm Sandy Scribbles. <laughs> I'm Joe Draws. What's up? Yeah, nothing much, just uh, getting ready for the evening's activities, children yeah. and such. Mm. Mm. Oh, babies. Uh, how was you guys' week? Uh, did you guys do anything fun? Busy. I worked uh, on some old cars and stuff, my usual kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. School, school and running around doing errands and things like that and trying not to catch the COVID. Yeah, oh man, trying like, to get that Rona. Like, yeah, oh god, hashtag fuck you, Rona. Like I, I no. I'm, I'm doing the freelance thing, so that's my week, and that's pretty much it. Just dying slowly at my computer. Yeah. No, I, I, yeah, I teach from home. When I talk about running around, it's just errands. Like I had to go pick up medicine and stuff. So exciting things. Not to get on to the, our old people <laughs> track. I was going to pick up my medicines. <laughs> I go pick up my remedies. <laughs> <laughs> like you got you did you hit the apothecary <laughs> i did yes got some nice essence of oh, some nightshade <laughs> there you go very very good wait doesn't that good. kill you that's no the no, of frog or no, whatever. no no but, uh anyway so it's 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 comic book week you guys it is it's it's joe's week my week and he, he has chosen and he has chosen God, he's chosen DC. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm fine you with it. Like, you don't like the DC. Uh, like, there's nothing in my tone that you could ever say is dripping with disdain. But, but, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like, I, I have a lot to learn about DC. So I'm, I'm actually pretty excited. So, um, did you say there was some news going on with DC right now? Like, okay, so yeah, um, and I was gonna use it into as a segue into kind of a broader issue which is the death of a lot of dc's property specifically in the last couple of years uh so dc is in danger or it is it's inevitable fate is to be sold to the highest bidder uh by warner media and by at&t it's it's a super umbrella corporation um obviously print media has kind of gone in a tailspin over the last you know maybe decade or so uh newspapers periodicals pretty much anything that's on paper that isn't a best-selling novel type situation um has taken a huge hit in its ability to maintain you know relevance in a in a post-digital media society so dc comics you know one of the longest running publishers of the uh, sequential arts uh in the americas uh is going to be sold again there's a real concern that the art form in terms of like the the big publishers the pinnacle publishers kind of thing um they're they're in danger of disappearing in the next few years i mean oh wow just in the next two just in the last two years dc completely reorganized their imprint system in from a multiple imprint where you had dc as their main flagship uh publication and then you had age group appropriate publications um you'd be familiar with them like vertigo uh yeah yeah i know stuff like that yeah yeah wild storm those kinds of things 
they pretty much wipe that slate clean. So, oh, okay, <laughs> yeah, and then and they went into an age appropriate category categorization system. So there are there are kid Batman, and then there's adult Batman, and then there's young adult Batman, and then there's that kind of thing. Um, so they organize our categories the same way Barnes and Noble does. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Kind of. Yeah. yeah. It's not my favorite because I like imprints. Uh, I like the more laissez-faire approach that they did with a lot of their imprints. Um, you had titles like Sandman and Why the Last Man, and a lot of big-time creators that are huge now. When they weren't huge, they relied on those imprints to really get any stage on a large scale publishing type of thing, you know, as opposed to self-publishing or, or hard indie, that kind of thing. Uh, especially in kind of my formative years and um, maybe yours too, Aza, maybe the, you know, the nineties that were a big yeah. deal. And a lot of those, you know, Hellblazer, everything like Lucifer, all that stuff that we see now as kind of like ubiquitous TV shows and stuff a lot of those properties came from uh from the from the vertigo era of dc you know a lot of people see dc as kind of the the nerd publisher uh yeah but it's always been it's always because their other publications have been more alt than anything else which is you know it's important i mean you wouldn't have sandman i mean you neil gaiman wouldn't have the this stage he does now in comic books or Brian K. Vaughn, or any of those, any of those kind of big names in indie publishing. So yeah, it, it, last year I they, can appreciate that. Yeah, last year they shuttered it. You know, even if you don't like DC as far as like characters are concerned, you know, not everybody's a super. And that, and that fan. is my mostly that, that is mostly my gripe is like with yeah. the characters. Like, yeah, and, and I mean, and, and that's yeah. you know that that it's its own genre. The super the classic superhero, uh, you know, genre is it's bread and butter and always has been, but it's been able to keep the wheels moving for the more independent stuff so that they can, you know, farm, you know, I don't want to call it farm league because from a, from a storytelling and art standpoint, I feel it's always been uh, the, the, the superior, but that's just, that's just my own personal affectation. Um, you wouldn't have a lot of that great stuff. Uh, the Alan Moores and, and all these other people, you know, uh, Dave Gibbons and, you know, an innumerable number of, you know, what are now, you know, legends in the field. Uh, Do you have a favorite DC artist that like is your go to like the book you always go to whenever like, you know, life really is hard like a, or not really? No, I, I, no, I, you don't I have like a warm blanket to, of DC. No, <laughs> I, I think it's because I've engrossed myself just to some context i'm basically like a second generation comic book reader my uncle okay. was a big time dc reader and he had damn near every dc and vertigo comic ever printed after like 1968 oh, until wow. he oh, died shit. in 2010 so he had a garage full of dc vertigo everything comics and i've read probably most of them are you inheriting all of that I, I uh, unfortunately uh, the the elements got to a lot of them. I did oh, in fact sucks. inherit them. Um, I with his with his in mind combined collection. It's something like you know like forty five hundred comic books, just kind of the distilled 
comic books that I could uh, both save and, you know, not all of it's great. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, for me, it's kind of sad because print media is kind of important to a lot of different people, myself included. But, um, you know, it's nothing new for a lot of comic books. After the 90s crash, a lot of people felt like it was inevitable anyway, and and they came back up, you know, and... Then they tried to make it more accessible again, kind of with the uh, new 52 stuff and, you know, in the in the 2000 teens, I guess is what yeah. you call it. But uh, now it's kind of you can see they're really trying to push it with the storytelling and stuff is particularly like in the Batman stuff. Uh, well, like not, not only do I like the experience of going to the comic book store, mm-hmm. I like the comic book smell, like like the traditional <laughs> like, but you know, like that that gloss, like I don't know you that mean, gloss. You mean mold? Like, like yeah, you like yeah, mold no, like I like I like old I like cardboard. old books. Like I I was a history kid, so like I yeah. like old books anyway. But like, there's something about like this a newly printed comic. It does have a scent, <laughs> and it does. Oh, yeah, it does make you make you think of like how, like yeah, your childhood papers, sometimes. Um, so yeah the way those papers degraded and even it's funny because I have comic books that spent their entire life in, you know, uh, South Texas where there isn't a lot of humidity and they actually degrade differently than the comic books that I was able to, uh, rescue that were in central Alabama where he lived, which had a high humidity and they degrade different, even though the papers are really similar, you can actually see a lot of that, that kind of thing. Uh, without getting too deep into that, uh, that that smell is actually dependent on where you lived at the time and how old that comic had actually been in that scenario, in that environment, which is kind of neat. Like if it's it, wa- if it wasted away or if it degraded, yeah. Well, not just that. Well, oh, where, oh, oh, just, where, just, just, where and how, you know, where and what time of the year it actually started to degrade actually changes the smell. Um, okay yeah yeah. well i don't know i'll keep that in mind (laughs) this is this is goofy shit you learn when you got to go through tens of thousands of comic books (laughs) like do you keep all of your comic books in plastic like with the board and everything like that yeah they keep the i I keep my nicer and some of my favorite issues and stuff uh bagged and boarded i have a couple of graded comic books like just kind of stuff that was kind of nice to have graded when i was younger um so i was in high school when uh, infinite crisis started so i bought doubles and you know had the complete set graded and stuff like that like right when i bought them uh for those who don't know uh, comic books can be appraised uh through a grading system and they get sealed in you know plastic or you know something some kind of archival level of uh wrapping so that you know they stay nice after a little while uh so for important issues and things like that of certain comics they 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 like to save them that way but for the most part you just throw them in a in a bag with a piece of cardboard in the back and usually okay but for the most part most of them are in long boxes you know the 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 same yeah, yeah, yeah. gigantor cardboard boxes um yeah <laughs> so much dc uh, uh, Sa- sandra sandra did you am i am i off base in thinking that you read a Sorry, I just almost threw up in my mouth. Uh, did you read a DC comic this week? Is that is that how you prepared <laughs> yeah. yourself for, I, for, for this escapade that we're going on? I did read DC. I read um, the Doom Patrol crawling from the wreckage. I, I read the first two parts. I am proud of you. Doom Patrol was always <laughs> and, and part of the third. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I really, um, you know, I got introduced to it um, because Mark um, had uh, had the DC Universe uh, streaming app. And so we were watching Titans and that's how they introduced. They did like a, um, a couple special episodes where they uh, introduced the Doom Patrol and then that was going to be a spinoff show. And we've been watching it now for a few years. And it is it's so weird and it's so fantastic and I just love it. And honestly, like I am not a comic book person. I'm just barely getting into comics at my late age and um, <laughs> going back and just kind of getting into all the comics and stuff. It's been really fun. And so, yeah, I looked at the Doom Patrol and and um, it's interesting to already have like a base and a, a knowledge of the characters from the show. Because I'm definitely one of those uh, guilty people that have has gotten into this stuff because of the shows. What um, issue is it? It is issue. Um, so the artists are Grant Morrison, Richard Case, and Carlos uh, Garzon. And a fun fact is at Dragon Con a couple of years ago, Mark and I actually went to a panel for Doom Patrol with all the artists. And we actually met Richard Case and we have one of his original pieces. That That's amazing. Yeah. yeah, it was like so cool. He's one of the first philosophically super meta writers. Um, anything he touches is pretty much gonna is gonna fuck you up in the head in the best way possible. The issue is um February nineteenth from nineteen eighty nine. Yeah, so his run in the in the late eighties and into the nineties is super duper important. Yeah. He is by all accounts one of the best writers in comic books, period. Like in in oh, cool. he is he's <laughs> responsible for uh, Animal Man, Doom Patrol, Batman's reoccurrences, um, Justice League, uh, all the JLA stuff. Uh, he he did Vertigo's uh, Vertigo's titles like uh, The Invisible. Uh, he did on for Marvel. He did a run of X Men, which is between a lot of people between him and Frank Quietly doing the uh, doing the art is considered one of if not the best x-men runs ever ever cool uh that would be new x-men so a lot of what you see in the late 2000s and stuff is 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 from his writing um sandy so tell us yeah. one what you thought about the story of that issue give us the issue number again and then tell us what you thought of the story and then tell us what you thought of the art Yes. Okay, so the issue is from February nineteenth, nineteen eighty nine, and it's uh, it's like a four part series called Crawling from the Wreckage, and it's all about um, and I, like like I said, I've watched the show and I know a little bit of the context of the story, but this is the first comic I'm reading, so I don't know really what led up to this or anything. But basically, it is all about yeah. So Cliff, um, he's basically Cl Cliff and um, Larry Trainer are in the hospital. Cliff is sort of in a psychiatric hospital. He checks himself in because he's just having a mental breakdown. And I don't know why Larry Trainer's in the hospital because I don't, like I said, I don't know what led up to this. But Larry Trainer is the character that has like the negative spirit that he um, encounters when he flies up into space. And what's interesting in this one is um, it doesn't show the chief taking care of Cliff, which is how I was introduced to it in the television series. But it has um, this other uh, doctor, this other character taking care of um, Cliff. And his name is uh, Will Magnus. That's the character that is now sort of like uh, taking care of Cliff and uh, sort of like constructing his metal body and going to basically try to get him his feeling back. So that's really interesting. So it goes along of, with the with the story of how... 
Cliff is sort of uh, spiraling in depression because he doesn't feel like his life is worth living anymore because he can't feel or touch or smell or taste anything anymore. He's just basically walking around, a brain walking around right. in a metal uh, robot body. And then um, what I found really interesting in in um, this um, this little series that I've read so far is that Cliff actually gets to meet Jane and Jane is the character with all the multiple personalities. And in the comics, she has, I guess, 64 personalities, which is a lot more than I think they introduce in the, um, yeah, in the series. When you go into her like brain space, when they talk about her multiple personalities, they live in what's called the underground. And in the comic, um, they, they always take this train back and forth uh, in the underground. And in the comic, it introduced it as this is her train of thought. And I never thought of it that way because they didn't introduce oh, cool. that way. I like that. I like I, that unless that, unless they, that if they did introduce it in the series, I didn't catch that. So I apologize if I'm not catching that right. And then the other thing I found to be really interesting about it is they introduce, well, in this one, they introduce Larry Trainer and the negative spirit. And basically, it's really cool because Larry Trainer merges with the negative spirit but the negative spirit also takes one of the doctors eleanor Poole, and i don't know much about her but she seems like an interesting character and so when they merge then um he's giving off all the radiation and they put the wrappings around him like in the series and it's really cool because it talks about how i think in the first part of the second part it talks about how after they've merged the character's like i'm not female i'm not male i'm just me you know it was re it's really interesting and they're trying to yeah. talk to the character yeah what what do you think of the art i mean it feels very 1980s kind of yes. early 90s Tell us it, about it the art. really does <laughs> it just to me yeah it feels very late 80s early 90s and um you could definitely see where they were sort of maybe rushing through some of the art because there's a lot of um you know, background characters are like faces without facial expressions or things like that. But I mean, mm -hmm. for the most part, it's very, it's formatted really nicely. You get these like really good, good like amazing one page, I call them like one pagers. I'm not saying uh, it right. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah. it's like yeah, one splash. big panel yeah. with, yeah, a splash page where it's like one big panel with a bunch of stuff, really cool stuff nice. happening. Like, and now these are, that's a Richard Case, right? Is he the one drawing that one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, you... Whoever gave you that book uh, did did right by you. That that is so. Richard Case, <laughs> yeah, is one of the was one of the better artists of that era, and specifically Doom Patrol. If you're into postmodern anything, you know, mm -hmm. into meta anything, those particular books were neat because they basically took a Vertigo imprint, which was considered an adult imprint at the time, mm -hmm. and snuck them into DC. So there's a lot of psychedelic <laughs> stuff. There's a lot of adult themes. Grant Morrison is really well known oh, for being yeah, able definitely. to do that. It's, it's not a for very, kids. <laughs> it's a very adult book with it a DC is, yeah. badge on it, which is pretty cool. Is not something mm -hmm. you saw in the 80s and 90s. Um, speaking you know, of adult right, books, yeah. uh, speaking yeah. of adult books, uh, just because like I know that the night the night is no longer young, and I just want to talk about. The, what I read really fast before we all fade yeah, away yeah, yeah. into nothingness. Um, I decided to break precedent because I was at the comic book store and I was fishing through, seeding through DC books, figuring out what I wanted to read. And the guy was like, are you going to buy that? And I just, I, I, I couldn't bring myself to do it. So uh, <laughs> I, I decided to go home, collect myself. And I started looking at um, some, some DC fan fiction 
um, <laughs> and it's called uh, Robin Dick X oh my Batman. God. And I'm gonna I'm gonna read an excerpt for 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 you now. Um, oh, uh, uh, so so allow allow oh, me. No. This is this is a, a, a Batman story read, read dramatically by by Asa Paints. Dick's tongue was exploring Bruce's mouth, and his hands were running over Bruce's chest. Bruce's hands fell limply at his sides. Sure, he had acted the playboy in his younger years to disguise his alternative identity, but he had never actually slept with this many people. <laughs> he most definitely had never felt like this for anyone before. They I had can't. been kissing for perhaps a minute when Dick finally pulled back. He smiled with excitement as he took in Bruce's half-lidded eyes and moistened lips. Oh my god, that's hot. Oh shit, hang on, guys. Dry oh my, my mouth. god. Um, and I proceed. Yeah. Dick couldn't help but admire the fact that this was the first time he had seen Bruce so out of sorts, so human. Before Bruce could think of some way to deny Dick, Dick lifted Bruce off his feet once more and carried him into the darkened room before gently placing him on soft silk, high threaded counter sheet. So that's, all, was, that's as far as I'll go. It gets, it gets, I'm sorry. It gets high threaded counter sheet. Oh it hurts. The way to... oh. Why? Be, be, still, be still my pearls. Like, so, I, I, don't, I don't know about you guys, but uh, but I, I just came. So, so Aza is... Uh, I, 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 and I'm not so... finished. Oh god! So so have, it's 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 the only thing I could find that that. Ace that is like the interest. kid who was like in the, today's book report day, I and you're 13, like, I'm gonna talk about this? my stories. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna make up a story of what I think is I, gonna I be better than that this up. book. That, that is very much in existence on on the world wide web. Oh, uh, I'm I'm sure it is. And and, and oh. I, I I am enthralled. So, so yeah, you so have, I, uh, I I fell in love with DC this week, but because yeah. because that, and that's, that I found and that's, out that existed. It's <laughs> so, fun. Whatever. Oh you've uh, you've tapped into a historically uh, big part of the alternative fan fiction of uh, Batman and Robin. Um, you know, being a that's been going on since the sixties. The the yeah. original ambiguously gay duo. Yeah. I was going to say from that um, from the Saturday Fun Shorts on. Oh no, SNL, that's the that's the that's the the, the Fun House. The the originals were Batman yeah, yeah, yeah. and fucking Robin, bro. Yeah. Whoa. Wow. So where some gay which, shit that went uh, on in that cave? Did you go to a mm-hmm. comic book store for this or which? No, I'm not no. Gonna say which like, one, I went to like I went a... I went to a comic book store to have my heart broken and my spirit die. <laughs> like, like, like that's, that's what I did found, there. And, uh, and then yeah, and then yeah. I went. Home. And you literally got the guy going, "Are you gonna buy that? Or are you was, just gonna stand was, there and was, read it?" I was standing there for a minute because I, I I looked at a bunch of books and I was like, "This is trash. This is trash. This is trash. This is trash." And and then all of a sudden I was just like, you know, I I I have I I have an idea. And then as I got back into my car and I was getting on the freeway, I just started hysterically laughing because I knew exactly. Oh, what God. I wanted to do, so oh, so yeah, God. so that that's that's my contribution to to DC Week, just to just to close it all off. Like I kind and, of and thought you were gonna do some crazy shit like this, but whatever. <laughs> I stand by it. I think it was funny. Like I I, I think well, that I like, enjoyed we, my each, we, we each have our way, and I I, fa- I found my I found my my back door into DC, if you will. Everybody and so, knows and so Batman. Batman <laughs> Everybody knows that Batman Forever is the is the gayest and probably the better of the three in terms of camp. In in, in your in 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 the subgenre that you just uh, so eloquently interpreted for us, uh, yeah, there are a lot of uh, examples of this in in the Batman mythos 
but it's yeah, it's yeah, I, it is it is a pleasant surprise. <laughs> yeah, like it's, I, it's I'm, fun. That stuff I, I, is always. I think, fun. I think it was. Yeah. I think it was beautifully written. I mean, I have to. I should send send this writer like a muffin basket because like that was that. I, I this entertained me for day. I'm probably gonna read this before I go to bed because like I'm like oh my god like the, I, I, the, I, the, I, the, 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 the the silk sheets and the vivid like oh, I like I, say, I it was like I was there. It was like he was he was he was about to get into my dark night. Like he my just, God, he described the the cushioning so well. Oh God, uh, I know. He's probably right. an a, a muffin designer. basket with a with a bottle of I your know, coffee. I'm, af- I'm afraid to bend <laughs> over and pick up my keys now. Jesus. Oh God. <laughs> wow. Well, um, w- with all that said, and on that I'm note, very, I, I'm I'm very proud of us for getting for getting through yeah. this for various reasons. We all had our different yeah. impressions of DC, but I think I think we all ca- came out on the same page. If I, if, yeah. if, I, if I say so myself. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, like th- thank you guys for listening to that that train wreck. Someone out there is enjoying yeah, it. Yeah, but um, but yeah, like I had a great time. Do you guys have fun? Like like yeah, little, I think always. So. Right? Uh, yeah, we covered a lot of a lot of bases, but um, I think we all can agree that there are hidden gems uh, within the DC universe. Some well, deep, some deep, some deeply hidden gems. Mm. Deep gems, like Doom Patrol. Uh, yes. Yeah, like Doom Patrol. I would recommend mm-hmm. anybody out there if you want to get into anything that we said, you know, look up late '80s Grant Morrison, uh, his DC work, and look up the imprint Vertigo. You know, the stuff is still being sold even in its in- uh, extinction. Um, but it's important to just kind of keep that stuff as alive as possible. In uh, uh, by you know, even if you're not, even if superheroes aren't your genre, I mean, I could go on, but it's an exciting uh, medium, and uh, uh, unfortunately, one of its long standing titans is again being kind of shuffled under the boot of uh, the uh, corporate media conglomerate. Well, you'll you'll save it, Joe. I I, I believe in you, <laughs> but anyway, yeah. um, thank you guys for listening. Uh, this has been the Last Draw podcast. Uh, I am Asa Paints, I'm Sandy Scribbles. And I am Joe Draws. All right. Have a great one, you guys. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Hey, guys. Uh, we thought we stopped recording, but it turns out we didn't. So here's some more content of us arguing about DC. Uh, I was uh, just explaining to Joe <laughs> oh, why I don't really prefer DC. And it's it it really was just a popular kid versus unpopular kid thing in, in school for me. Like... You know, like oh. the popular kids were the Marvel characters and like, you know, because they were prettier and they were they had like higher, higher key colors. And I mm. think that, that like, it was a lot of DC that was like grayed out and like they they and they use the the toned print effect a little mm. bit longer than they should have. And yeah. I don't know, like I just I didn't really take to it like like the the character design was just a, they stayed a little bit more 50s inspired and then didn't really evolve their costume design like at least mm. with the characters that i saw like they 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 kept things the same they didn't evolve like if you look at the x-men mm-hmm. um and their the way their characters developed like from like the 80s to the 90s to the to the aughts which is a term i despise but i'm going to use it because that's accurate um the character they changed the costumes like they they edited the way their powers worked like they did retcons which i don't mind a good retcon if you can find a new way to play with the toy in the box but i feel Mm. like they they retold a lot of the same stories in dc books like i i i've seen so many reiterations of and and reusings of 
classic villains from Batman stories, from Superman stories. Like they use a lot of the same tropes to tell the stories. And and like I I like to hear a story one time. Like I, I have the um the attention span of a fish. So like I, I need it to be new, I need it to be shiny. And like I don't know, there's something about just they had eye catching artists that were working mm-hmm. for Marvel. Like like cause I'm a huge Joe Madureira fan. And like if like, you couldn't get me out of a comic book store, like until I got all of his books, like as soon as I mm. saw something with his name on it, I'll be like, take me, dude, get in the car. <laughs> like, 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 it, it was it was yeah. very much that. And they just didn't have any artists like that with that, yeah. s- like such a distinctive style. Like because like in the 90s, early 2000s, like it was that very anime inspired, but still very Americanized drawing style. That was mm-hmm. the, the the superpower of of Marvel because they, they pulled that out like with with no stops. So like that's probably why I think I, they just had prettier books, you know, like it wasn't really that yeah. DC was doing anything wrong. It was just that Marvel was doing everything right. And that's probably okay. why. Like I gravitated towards them, and then it became like a like a a, a click thing where I was just like, yeah, we don't. We, it, it's sort of like when I moved to New York before I ever moved to Brooklyn. Like I I was kind of snobbish about it. I was just like, oh, I don't do borough. I don't I don't I don't go there. But now I'm totally a Brooklyn guy. No, I totally live in Brooklyn. <laughs> but so but like became, it was kind of like that. Like like I you essentially that became if I learned a, a bit about DC. I would probably like it. Yeah. You you basically became a true I I, I became the a thing classic that I, yeah. Uh, yeah. Marvel I became zombie a, yeah is is the yeah. parlance yeah like like <laughs> yeah like I be I became a, I became a Marvel bot like I'm I'm fine with it like like and, and I still am to this day like like I still I I probably haven't touched a DC book until this week in probably like brr, I want to say like ten years. Like yeah, oh, wow. like ten, ten, yeah. ten good ones. So and I mean some, some even some DC fans would say you didn't really miss out on a lot. I mean it just it, it, they've always had and and as a longtime DC fan, it, it hasn't just like any comic book print house. Even Marvel has its you know hard times in terms of like its strength of writing and everything. And like I, like any you know uh, publication does. I think the biggest thing, and I think. It is true is, you know, they they had always the two publishing houses have always been known as at least as my understanding is Marvel is. Yeah. Like the cool kids publisher, because you had the dynamic stuff from all the different titles, X-Men, Avengers, yeah. Fantastic Four, et cetera, et cetera. They, they were they were heroes with problems. Yeah. <laughs> and we like. And we like that, and and it's DC relatable. adopted that, and, and DC adopted that eventually. But the superhero genre, no matter what publication, has always been the, you know, cyclical, um, story. Just it's the same story over again. It's the superhero stories, you know, yeah. just because that's where that came from, you know. And DC, unfortunately, is getting hit hard in a way that Marvel has not, which is. Yeah, probably why they got bought by by Disney, uh, Marvel anyway. Do you, do you think, think DC that has can... to do with the movies that have been coming out like for the last decade? Do you think no, that there's I don't think the movies. <laughs> uh, no, I don't think I, the I'm movies. I'm sorry. Did the... No, yeah, yeah, no. I mean, I'm just uh, curious. No, it's a it's a fair question. I mean, the movies have always been a good attempt, but if you look at the history of <laughs> lies. <laughs> I, mean, I do I the best thing. They're you know they're hard to make you know, movies. Depends on what you mean uh, by good. Yeah. 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 That doesn't necessarily mean that they're excellent I pieces of film. 
and they're not bad. Uh, good news is, you know, movies that were not always thought of as particularly good, um, you know, like Justice League, uh, are getting recut. So the Snyder Cut of Justice League is coming out, which is exciting because it might be better. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That being said, I don't think DC has ever had a lack of good stories for movies. I think translating them through the lens of, uh, you know, whatever a movie, studio, a movie producer, yeah, a movie producer studio system. I, I, I really don't think the movies did that. I think print media you think it was has missteps by the by the production company that that tried yeah, to pull it off. Of course, you know, think about it this way: the best DC movies that were huge smashes, whether whatever, no matter what your opinion of them are, uh, were all Vertigo titles. Mm. Or 2008 titles. I never put that together, but you're probably right. Yeah. Yeah. Sin City, 300. You know, uh, I like, I like, I like, I like Batman. uh, I like Batman Returns a lot. I mean, like, there is something about Michelle Pfeiffer going here, kitty, kitty. (laughs) You know, like, like, I still still had that ring in my ear. The the yeah, and those Neil era styles of Batman were were popular. You know, I, I like I said, I don't think it's the genre or the, even the publisher that's had that problem. I think it's just the culture uh, is not the problem, but it's the it's what's changing the direction for these publishing houses and what they're going to be able to do to move it forward. Marvel got a head start on that in that they speaking as a comic book fan, I feel like they respected the way the comic books felt that I don't think other production houses like sony and fox uh were able to do with marvel stuff like yeah they just you know they they got the stuff technically right and everything but they didn't get the feel right i mean the first x-men movie i feel did a really good job of that but it's in the same to to kind of parallel them it's the same thing where you see in aquaman and you know with the exception of maybe the wonder woman movie that really got it really well um the things like the Justice League movies and the Batman Superman movies that have just come out and the newer Superman movies, as much as I like Cable as Superman, you know, it's a good movie, but it, I don't think it captures what makes the superhero genre really, you know, like inspiring. Like, like you know, the earlier Superman films from the 70s weren't as good, but they made me feel like, That's like how Superman rolls.